yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of Prime Talk with yours truly. I am Rodimus Prime here on this Thursday night, December 17th, 2020. Hope you all are staying safe. Hope you all out there are doing well. Um, I know this year has been quite uh, an interesting year. Reason I say that is because we're eight days away from Christmas. I know Christmas is going to be mighty different this year, being we've all experienced what's going on this year. But that's neither here nor there. Like I said, I hope you all are staying safe. Hope you all are well. Got a jam-packed show for you tonight. A lot of things I want to talk about on tonight's show. Um, we're going to talk about a big match that was made for Impact's Hard to Kill pay-per-view coming up. I'm sure you all have seen the clip, or for those of you who watched, for those of you who have Access TV, you saw what happened. A big match was made at the end of last night's um, Dynamite. I'll get into that in just a second. It was made for December 30th, the day before New Year's Eve. Uh, Cody, Rhodes, and Brandy. I'll talk more about them and the big news involving those two. Some news and notes from the world of college football. Now, later, I will talk about the top 25. It is championship week. In other words, a lot of the um, conference championship games will be played this Saturday. There are some games that have been canceled due to high risk of COVID, so on and so forth. And some unfortunate firings, especially one in particular. I'll talk about, I'll talk about that a little later. Major League Wrestling, MLW. I'm going to talk about the last two shows that I watched. I will backtrack from last week. I will backtrack to last week's episode, then follow up with last night's episode. Pretty good stuff. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Best of the Super Juniors and World Tag League is now wrapped up. We have our two winners of each tournament. I'll talk about that. Plus the updated card for Wrestle Kingdom. They have added some matches. And Wrestle Kingdom, you know, they're doing the two-night thing again. Looking pretty stacked. I'll say th I'll say that to be the least. Wrestle Kingdom is looking stacked. So um, let's just jump right into the s swing of things. Let's start off with some small talk. As I mentioned, there was a big match made for Impact Wrestling. I'm sure you all saw what happened with Kenny Omega. He was on Impact again. The Good Brothers uh, taking out Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. So we have ourselves a little mini Bullet Club reunion, if you will. And yes, they mentioned the name Bullet Club. They even threw up the two suite, the four life sign and all that. So with all that being said, at Hard to Kill, at Impact's Hard to Kill, January 16, 2021, it is a six-man tag. Uh, Don Callis said it will be the main event. It is the AEW World Champion, Kenny Omega, and the... Impact World Tag Team Champions Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, the Good Brothers, teaming up taking on to take on Impact's World Champion Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. Now, apparently, Carl Anderson had a match. I believe it was against uh, Chris Sabin, and he cheated to win. And Rich Swan was not happy about that. So basically, they're leading into Kenny Omega and Rich Swan coming up soon. But that is the match set for. Uh, hard to kill so I'm definitely I'm definitely going to watch that I'm definitely watching that that should be one hell of a match uh, come January 16th as far as Kenny Omega is concerned he did defeat 
uh, Joey Janela last night to retain his championship. Afterwards, Pac and the Death Triangle came out, uh, Pentagon and Phoenix. They came out, and basically, uh, Pac said that he talked to Tony Khan, and on December 30th, the December 30th episode of AEW Dynamite, it will be for the AEW World Championship, Kenny Omega versus Phoenix. Now, if you recall, Phoenix was supposed to take on um, Kenny Omega in the, in the uh, number one contenders tournament, but because he had gotten hurt, I think it was, he either got hurt or he contracted the virus or whatever. Anyway, he basically did not lose to Kenny Omega. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. And so we have our match. Kenny Omega, Phoenix, December 30th. Listen, sign me up for that. That is going to be awesome. As if these two can't put on a spectacular match as well. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Brandy. Now, Cody Rhodes, I believe, did have a match on Dynamite. I didn't watch it. But um, they did have a segment with him and his wife, Brandy. He and his wife, Brandy, are expecting their first child. So congratulations to them. That is some big news. A lot of these wrestling couples are expecting children. I know Becky Lynch just had her baby. Um, John Motsley and Renee Paquette. Paquette, Paquette. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name correct. Anyway, they are expecting their first child. Now Cody and Brandy are expecting their first child. So again, congratulations to them. Um, some news and notes from the world of college football. As I mentioned, I will talk about more about that later. As far as the top 25, the championships coming up this week, the conference championship games. But we want to start off with some uh, unfortunate news. Some unfortunate firings, if you will. Uh, Kevin Sumlin, he coached two seasons at Arizona. He was relieved of his duties. Basically, he was fired. 9-20 and 20 record. He is no longer the head coach at uh, Arizona. He did have some time at Texas A&M. He did. I thought he did pretty well at Texas A&M. You know, last couple years, not so much. But, um, like I said, he was, you might as well say he was basically fired at Arizona. A 9-20 and 20 record. Not a good look. So, they'll be looking for a new coach. Their defensive coordinator will has been named the interim head coach so like i said a lot of schools will be looking for some coaches especially illinois uh they lost their game this past weekend they fired lovey smith now if you recall lovey smith at one point coached in the nfl he coached the chicago bell the chicago the chicago bells yeah that's what i'm gonna call them the chicago bears he led them to the super bowl in 2006 Unfortunately, they lost to Peyton Manning and the Colts that year in the Super Bowl. The Colts won that game. Um, Lovey Smith did not do a great job at Illinois. He was let go after five years. 17-39 and 39 record at Illinois. They finished 2-5 and five this year. So they will be another school looking for a head coach. And the biggest news coming out this weekend as far as firings, unfortunate firings, Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn, after eight years, is now out as Auburn head coach. He was fired this past Sunday, the day after they beat Mississippi State 24-10. Now, Auburn 
has not had a good season. And me being an Auburn fan, you know, it it wasn't a good look. I was very disappointed. Uh, we all saw how they played against Alabama. They basically laid down for Alabama, 42-6. to six. Now, if you recall, uh, 2017, that was a pivotal year for Gus Malzahn. They beat two number one teams in three weeks. They beat Georgia, and they beat Alabama. And then... They went to the SEC championship game, lost. They lost lost in the Peach Bowl to UCF that year. And since then, and pretty much throughout his whole tenure, it's been up and down, up and down, up and down. Now, uh, Gus will be owed $22 million, around the $22 million range this year. So for the next couple years, they're going to have to pay out his contract. And there are a lot of names that are... You know, being floated out as the next Auburn head coach. I see Lane Kiffin. He was interviewed. Um, he's staying at Mississippi Ole Miss. I'm sorry. He's staying at Ole Miss. I don't see Mark Stoops leaving Kentucky. I've heard the name of James Franklin from Penn State. I don't see him leaving. I've heard names like Hugh Freeze. Uh, Clemson's offensive coordinator. I can't think of his name right now. Um... I've even heard names, wild names like Urban Meyer. And I know that's not going to happen. I don't even see Urban Meyer being, I don't even see him entertaining the offer. There's no way in the world that Urban Meyer is going to come to Auburn. Unless they throw out some real big money to Urban. And like I just mentioned, they still got to pay Gus for like the next three or four years. They still got to pay out his contract. So... You know, I feel like they're going to uh, get this over with as fast as they can. But from what I'm from what I've heard, and I'm just going by what I've heard. uh, Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator for the Auburn football team, should be the next man up. Now, I will not be shocked if he doesn't get the job. I will not be shocked if he does get the job. But based on what I've heard, Kevin Steele is a very good coach. And a lot of people feel like he should be the next man up. And as far as Gus Malzahn is concerned, you know, you hate for anybody to lose their job. But the majority of Auburn fans, from what I've seen, are actually glad that he's gone. Because how many times can you continuously have all these expectations I know every team can't be Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. I get all that. I understand that. When Gus came in, uh, you know, he was a part of the 2010 championship team as the offensive coordinator and the quarterback coach. He came back in 2013, led the Tigers to the uh, national championship. Unfortunately, they lost in two minutes to Jameis Winston, Jimbo Fisher, and Florida State. But, you know, he's a decent coach, but he just did not, I want to say he didn't really live up to the expectations. Because, again, I understand that a lot of teams, including Auburn, can't be a Georgia, can't be an Alabama, can't be a Clemson, can't be an Ohio State. But when you got those expectations riding on you, the expectation is for you to deliver. Now, Gus, you know, the thing about that is, 
you know, he's supposed to be this offensive guru, if you will. The offense struggled this year. Bo Nitz next year will be a junior. And I'm not the biggest Bo Nix fan, but I feel like he's very overrated. That being said, it's just like when you when he's when he's coaching these big games, Alabama, LSU, Georgia. I can understand, you know, one year you beat them, the next year you lose. I understand that. Those teams I understand. Clemson. You play Clemson. Okay, you lose against Clemson. I understand that. But there's no excuse on why Auburn should be losing the teams to, like, South Carolina, Arkansas, if they play Vanderbilt. There's no excuse on why Auburn should be losing to Vanderbilt. And that South Carolina game really hurt the team. And that was practically that was practically the end for Gus Malzahn at Auburn, besides the offensive woes. Again, you know, teams like Georgia, LSU, Texas A&M, eh, okay, that's fine. Alabama, eh, except this year, because after halftime, I quit watching the game. But eventually... Games like that, where they play Arkansas, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, you should not be losing to teams like that. And that being said, you know, he really couldn't contain the offense like we all thought he could. Again, he's a good coach, but it was just time for him to go. And so, like I said, after eight years, Gus Malzahn, he's out. He will definitely not be the head coach going into next year. You know, I'm I'm hoping he gets, I'm sure he's going to get another job or, you know, analyst job. You know, he's going to bounce back while still getting paid from Auburn because this pretty much bit them in the butt. You know, it's like if you win a big game, you know, they add two or three years to his contract. Give him more money. But if he loses a big game, it's like he has to go. And eventually, he had to go. So, we'll see who the next head coach will be at Auburn. But again, from what I've heard, from what I'm gathering, from what certain people are saying, Kevin Steele should be the next man up. But we'll see. Let's talk some Major League Wrestling, some MLW, shall we? Now, as I mentioned, I will backtrack to last week's episode Leading up to this week's episode. So let's go ahead and talk about last week's episode, December 9th. Uh, we started off with uh, Zenshi taking on Calvin Tankman. Now, the main event for last week's show was the first half of the semifinals of the Opera Cup. It was... Uh, lo- no, I'm sorry. It was the World Tag Team Championships. The Von Erics taking on Contra Unit. That was the main event for last week's show. But they did have the Opera Cup. The first half, it was Richard Holiday taking on Low Key. I'll talk more about that later. But Zenshi took on Calvin Tankman, Heavyweight Hustle. Um, This lasted more than a minute and a half. It really wasn't a match. Zenshi, he tried all he could to take down the big man. I mean, Calvin Tankman's like... 355. There's no way as small as uh, Zenshi is. He's like, Calvin is like half his size. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way that Zenshi was going to win. Calvin Tankman ended up winning three minutes and 44 seconds. This match lasted. So, Calvin Tankman went on to go 2-0. He's 2-0 now in MLW. We had some tag team action. Violence is forever. Uh, they are a part of Team Filthy. Now, Violence is Forever is Dominic Guarini and the debuting, or which was the debuting, Kevin Koo. They took on the team of Jason Dugan and Robert Martyr. This was a one-sided tag team affair. This wasn't even a match. I didn't even write down the time of how long this match lasted because this, like I said, this was just all one-sided. So there was no need in trying to keep up with how long this match went. Violence is forever won, by the way. So, you know, not much else to say there. Alicia Toot. She had an interview with Alexander Hammerstone, the national openweight champion. He did mention that he was cleared to wrestle on this week's episode as of this recording. I'll talk more about that later. And he challenged Mods Kruger to a match at Kings of Coliseum. So we would see if Kings, if uh, Maj Kruger would accept his challenge leading into the next episode. Leo Rush, he talked about Myron Reed. Now, Kings of Coliseum was supposed to be next week as of this recording, but it's been moved to January 6th. However, the match has been made official at Kings of Coliseum. It will be the Young Goat versus the Man of the Hour. The World Middleweight Championship will be on the line as Myron Reed defends against Leo Rush. Myron, he's definitely wanting this match. He's getting his wish. Like I said before, sign me up. I want this I I want to see this match. Sign me up. And when I watch this on January 6th, I'm going to be in for a treat. And for those of you who watch Major League Wrestling, you will be in for a treat as well. The first half of the semifinals of the Opera Cup Kicked off as Richard Holiday took on Loki. Now, before Richard came out there, he came out there first. He came to the ring first. Apparently, he had some verbal altercation with Gino Medina, who is a former member of uh, the dynasty. Now, if you recall, Richard said that he fired Gino. Gino said, no, I quit. And they went back and forth. And apparently, Gino had to be escorted out of the building. So when Richard came out there, he was like tunnel vision. He was focused. He wasn't even thinking about Gino. And so uh, Gino was pretty much trying to get on the bad side of one Richard Holiday if he hasn't already. But I thought this was a net slip match. You know, Richard, I felt like this could have went either way. You know, Richard Holiday, you know, they call him the most marketable one. And he definitely markets himself as that. Low-key... He's been around for a long time, so it's not really much else to say about Loki. but I thought this was a good match. Loki won with the stomp off the rope. Uh, nine minutes, 19 seconds, he moves on to the finals. Uh, as I mentioned, the middleweight championship on the line at Kings of Coliseum, Myron Reed defending against Leo Rush. And then we had our main event for the MLW World Tag Team Championships. It was... The Von Erichs taking on the world heavyweight champion Jacob Fatu and Simon Gotch of Contra Unit. Now, when uh, the Von Erichs came out there, Contra Unit just went right after them. And it was just a brawl. 
half of this match was pretty much brawling outside the ring. I think it was Ross or Marshall got Simon Gotch into the ring. The bell finally rung. I can't tell which is which. Well, I can, but, you know, it was so much going on there. But uh, they eventually had the match. Later on in the match, Violence is Forever came out there. Injustice came out there. I think a couple other tag teams came out there. And basically this match went to a no contest. And this match was just all over the place. The Von Erics are still the tag champs. Security referees had to break everybody up. This was just an all-out brawl. So again, this match went to a no contest. So then we fast forward to last night's episode. We start off the show with Richard Holiday and Alexander Hammerstone arriving to the building. And Alicia, too, was wanting to get a word with them. Holiday wasn't having it. He said, is there any day that I can get away from you? And so she wanted to talk to Hammerstone. That's, you know, they got attacked by some some contra unit goons, you can say. And basically they laid him out. Now, Hammerstone was going to smash uh, one goon's face on the car. Holiday said no because the car is in my name. And basically laid him out with an elbow. And then they entered the building. So pretty much they stood tall through this phony attack. And they weren't falling for contra units BS. We started off. Some in-ring action with L.A. Park Jr., the debuting L.A. Park Jr., the son of L.A. Park, the brother of El Hijo de L.A. Park. I know that's a lot of parks, but anyway. He took on the debuting Buku Deo, who was accompanied to the ring by TJP. He accompanied TJP uh, to the ring in his last match when he was in the Opera Cup. Um, I thought it was alright, you know. I felt like uh, I felt like L.A. Park, in my in my opinion, was the heavy favorite going into this match. They kept mentioning that if L.A. Park didn't win the tag titles, he would end up retiring. He said if he doesn't win the title, he will retire. So eventually, they'll have to put the belts on him and whichever Park son it is, whichever one it is, it doesn't matter to me. Anyway, Bukudeo got the victory. He got a roll-up win over L.A. Park Jr. in his debut. 4 minutes, 43 seconds. And the Park family was not happy afterwards. I can tell you that because they were definitely in the referee's face. Cotto Brazil. It was mentioned that Cotto Brazil got attacked. And they said that he had to uh, retire. Basically, his MLW career has been ended. And he was attacked by Simon Gotch. And Jordan Oliver was not having it because he cut a promo on Simon. He challenged him to a match at Kings of Coliseum. He's wanting retribution for his injustice brother. So we will see if Simon Gotch accepts that match. Uh, Mods Kruger. Mods Kruger took on two men and won in less than a minute. You pretty much might, you might as well say he won in a minute. Maz Kruger took on the team of, now on the screen, it said Ben Heavy, but on his tights, it said Bud Heavy, B-U-D-D, Heavy. Now, I don't know if somebody made a technical error, or they got the name wrong, or whatever the case may be, but the, the, the guy's tights said Bud Heavy. On the screen, it said Ben Heavy, B-E-N. So I wrote Bud. At first I wrote Ben, then I wrote Bud. I'm like, what is this dude's name? It really doesn't matter because he got squashed in a minute. 
And his tag team partner was Daniel Starlin. So like I said, Mods Kruger got the victory. In quick fashion. If you want to call it that. The MLW and PWI top 10 rankings were revealed. The top 10 have have been announced and I will go from 10 to 1. Uh, top 10 goes like this. Number 10, Mods Kruger. Number 9, Calvin Tankman. Number eight, Richard Holiday. Number seven, Laredo Kid. Number six, ACH. Number five, Myron Reed. Number four, LA Park. Number three, Filthy Tom Lawler. Number two, Loki. And to no one's surprise, number one, Alexander Hammerstone. Speaking of Hammerstone, he and Mods got into a brawl. Now, when they showed the brawl, the camera was shaking. They didn't show them brawling per se, and, you know, the building, they said the building got locked down, because they were brawling by the, by the announcers, they were brawling in the parking lot, let me say this, Alexander, Alexander Hammerstone is out for blood, Alexander Hammerstone is out for retribution, Alexander Hammerstone wants the world heavyweight title in the worst way possible, he wants Jacob Fatu by all means necessary, and as Alicia was going to the Kaiser Coliseum Control Center to give us the updated card, she did make the announcement that at Kaiser Coliseum, it will be for the National Openweight Championship, Alex Hammerstone taking on Maj Kruger. Now, he was supposed to have a match on last night's episode, but that got pushed back to Kaiser Coliseum. So, like I said, Hammerstone... He's wanting to rid MLW not only of Maj Kruger, but of Contra Unit altogether. And this was just chaotic. Once I heard a bunch of screaming and yelling and you know what I'm saying? It was just chaotic at that point. So it's going to be a war when these two go at it at KOC on January 6th. Uh, Selena De La Renta. She cut a promo, and it started off by saying Azteca Ruins. She cut a promo and said that she stood in the face of evil before and all this type of stuff, and she mentioned Mil Mortez. If you remember Mil Mortez, you remember Lucha Underground. And she said that Mil Mortez is coming to MLW. That is exciting. Because I haven't heard that name since Lucha Underground. Since Lucha Underground was no more. That is going to be incredible. So I can't wait to see him come to Major League Wrestling. And in the main event, um, the second half of the semifinals of the Opera Cup. Filthy Tom Lawler taking on ACH in a very, very good match. A very back and forth match, if you will. Uh, Filthy Tom Lawler got the win by hook or by crook by a roll-up in 12 minutes, 29 seconds. So he will face low-key next week in the finals of the Opera Cup. And ACH, he basically, it's like if you blinked, you missed. Because once uh, Lawler hit that roll-up, that was it. And the referee counted three. Uh, Also, the Dirty Blondes will be in action next week. So they are looking to get back into the tag team ranks, if you will. And that is the MLW review. 
Next, let's talk about some New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, later I'm going to talk about the Best of Super Junior and World Tag League Finals, especially that Best of Super Junior Finals. That was the main event of that show. My God, that was just mind-blowing. I... I, I words cannot describe how awesome that was. Um but I will give some quick results on the shows that I did watch leading up to the best of the, leading up to the final show. So we are going to start off with uh November 29th. We're going to start off with November 29th, Best of the Super Juniors. That was the day that was Best of the Super Juniors action if you will. Um I'm not going to start off with the regular tag matches because it's the same matches every show, and I'm I'm I've pretty much got tired of that. I pretty much got tired of that. Um. Anyway, uh, Yuji Yuji Yamura, he ended up losing to Rasuki Taguchi by submission. Doki ended up losing to El Desperado. Show defeated Master Wato. Bushi. Ended up losing to Taiji Ishimori. And Robbie Eagles ended up losing to Hiromu Takahashi. World Tag League action on November 30th. The Great Okan and Jeff Cobb took on the team of Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. The Empire got the victory in that one. Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi defeated Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens to pick up two points. Tamahiro Ishii and Yano defeated um, Hiroshi. Tamahiro Ishii and Toru Yano, I can't even read my writing, defeated uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toa Hinori. G.O.D. defeated Sonata and Shingo Takagi. And Finjuice defeated the Dangerous Techers on that night in the main event. Um, Looking at these two cards before I move on. I will say that Robbie Eagles and Hiromu Takahashi killed it on November 29th. I gave that match a 5. That was just an astounding main event. Followed by uh, Finjuice and Dangerous Techers. Uh, Ishii and Yano when they took on Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toru Hanari. I gave that a 4.5. That was an incredible match. Those two matches really stood out to me on that night. Then we move on to December 2nd. Uh, we had Best of Super Juniors action again. Doki defeated Yuya Yamura. Robbie Eagles won by submission against Rasuki Taguchi. Bushi defeated uh, Master Wato. El Desperado defeated Taji Ishimori. And Hiromu Takahashi defeated Sho in an incredible, incredible main event. Um... World Tag League action on the 4th. We had Dangerous Techers defeat Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens. Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens, you know, they did what they could, but it wasn't enough. And, I mean, it wasn't like they were going to win the tournament anyway, but, you know. Yoshihashi and Goto defeated Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. Finjuice defeated against... Finjuice won against Ishii and Yano. G.O.D. defeated the Empire of the Great Okan and Jeff Cobb. And Shingo Takagi and Sonata defeated Toa Hinare and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Next, we had on the 5th, Best of the Super Juniors. Doki defeated Bushi. 
El Desperado defeated Robbie Eagles. Uh, we had a six-man tag team match on that night. We had LIJ's own Sonata, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito. The fi- they took on the team of Satoshi Kojima, uh, Tama- Tamaaki Hanma, and Kota Ibushi. Yes, Kota Ibushi and Naito were on the show. Oh, and Show defeated Yu Yamura. Yeah, that was the first match on that show. I forgot to mention that. But uh, just the first interaction with Naito and Kota Ibushi before Wrestle Kingdom was just incredible. Uh, the crowd went crazy when these two got into the ring. But uh, LIJ ended up picking that victory, ended up picking up the victory in that six man tag. Just like I said, just the interaction between Naito and Kota Ibushi. When they face each other at Wrestle Kingdom, that is going to be excellent. I mean, I thought last year with Naito and Kota Ibushi and the rest of those guys was incredible. This is going, I feel like this is going to be even better because the crowd got electric. I mean, it was just fantastic. Um, We move on. Taiji Ishimura defeated Master Wato and Hiromu Takahashi defeated Rasuki Taguchi. Now, we move on to the six. We had Best of Super Juniors and World Tag League. This, was the, this would determine who would get into the finals on the 11th. So they had a few days off after this show. They did mention earlier in the show that Wrestling Dantaku will return on May 3rd and 4th. Now it was supposed to happen. It was supposed to happen this year, but you know the pandemic and everything like that. We already know how that how this year has turned out. Hopefully things will be better. But they did mention Kevin Kelly and the commentary team did mention that Wrestling Dantaku will return May fourth, May third, and fourth, twenty twenty one. So I'm really, you know, fingers crossed, nothing bad happens. I'm hoping and praying nothing bad happens between now and then. I'm really looking forward to that. So we move on and we start off with Super Junior's action. Now they spliced this up. You know, they had Best Super Juniors, World Tag League. You know, they kind of wrote, they, they, they basically rotated. So bear with me, if you will. Um... Robbie Eagles, he won by submission against Yuji Yamura. Uh, Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale defeated uh, Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. A Bullet Club battle, we've seen that a lot in this tournament this year. Rasuki Taguchi defeated Doki. G.O.D., man did they take care of business in quick fashion. They took care of business in quick fashion. And when I say in quick fashion... They took care of business in quick fashion. I know I said that like three times already, but they basically ended the match quick. They tapped out Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, they kept mentioning him and his knees, and it was just hard for him to get up. It was really sad for him to get up the way he did. Toa Hinore did everything he could. I think it was him and uh, Gabriel Kidd. You know, they were trying to help him up, and... It was just like it was just like Tanahashi couldn't even get up. It was pretty painful to watch. But G.O.D. won in shock, not shocking, but quick fashion, if you will. They won, and I gave this match a one and a half 
Because this match, it was like if you blinked, if you went to the bathroom, the match was over. This match lasted probably like two minutes. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi, he defeated Master Wato. Jeff Cobb and the Great Okan defeated Shingo Takagi and Sonata. And Sho, he took on Taiji Ishimori. He ended up losing to the Bone Soldier in a pretty good back and forth match. I gave this match a four, however. Um, like I said, Taiji Ishimori won. Dangerous Techers defeated Yano and Ishii. Um, El Desperado, he took on Bushi. El Desperado won. And Finjuice. Finjuice defeated Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Now, when Finjuice got on the mic, you know, they were celebrating and stuff like that. It was a lot. It was a lot of scenarios when it came to uh, the December 6th show. When Juice Robinson got on the mic, he was saluting. No, he was asking Osaka how they did. And out of nowhere, the Gorillas of Destiny basically attacked. They basically attacked Finn Juice, laid him out, put him in some submissions. Uh, when Tamatonga, he just like came out of nowhere, hit uh, Juice Robinson with the gun stunt. And they basically sent the message to uh, Finn Juice that we are going to win World Tag League this year. This is our tournament this year. So, Finjuice didn't even have time to celebrate. They got laid out. Uh, El Desperado. He called out Hiromu Takahashi. So, basically what I'm saying is... The best of Super Junior Final was El Desperado versus Hiromu Takahashi. And the Gorillas of Destiny taking on Finjuice in the World Tag League Final. Now, El Desperado called out Takahashi. And they had a really good back and forth. I was like, this is the, this is, I'm looking forward to that match. I'm really looking forward to that match. And you know what? Let's go ahead and talk about it. Because boy, did they deliver. And I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, so like I said, uh, best of Super Junior and World Tag League final on the 11th. Now, er, later on in the show, Kevin Kelly did make an announcement as far as Wrestle Kingdom. He said that he, Rocky Romero, and uh, Chris Charlton, I believe, they will be at ringside at Wrestle Kingdom both nights, January 4th and 5th. So they will be in Tokyo at the Tokyo Dome to call the action live. I cannot wait. I will say this about Kevin Kelly, though. Kevin Kelly doesn't get enough praise for the great job that he does as a commentator. Yes, we talk about people like uh, Jim Ross and Michael Cole and so on and so forth. Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay. But Kevin Kelly, to me, is one of the most underrated commentators in the wrestling business. He does not get enough praise. He does not get enough credit. He does a very good job. He did a very good job in Ring of Honor. I think he does a lot. I think he does a very good job in New Japan. That's just my personal opinion. But again, he, Rocky Romero, and... Charles and, uh, yeah, who that? damn, I can't even think of what I just said. I, I had a moment. Anyway, he and the other two guys will be, uh, Chris Charlton. That's who it was, Chris Charlton. I, I had a brain moment. Golly. Anyway, Chris Charlton, Kevin Kelly, and Rocky Romero will be calling Action Live at Russell Kingdom. 
they will be in the building once uh, Wrestle Kingdom happens January 4th and 5th. Alright, that being said, let's go ahead and review. Uh, we had a six-man tag. Bullet Clubs taking on uh, Chaos as Taiji Ishimori, Chase Owens, and Bad Luck Fale took on Toru Yano, Robbie Eagles, and Show. Bullet Club got the victory. Uh, I thought this was a short match. It was, uh, I wouldn't say it was a nothing match, but it wasn't nothing to be overly excited about. Bullet Club got the victory, by the way. Afterwards, they destroyed the KOPW 2020 trophy. Bad Luck Fale basically stomped on it and broke it. So this is the second time in the last few weeks, I want to say this is the second time in a month that that trophy has been broken. Why didn't they just create a belt if that was the case? Anyway, I saw where uh, Yano has challenged Bad Luck Fale for the KOPW 2020 trophy. They might as well build him a new trophy along with the other stuff that Yano is advertising. And Yano basically was not happy. I wouldn't be either if somebody broke my trophy. I know that. We had another six-man tag as the Empire. The group itself, Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobb, and the Great Ocon. This was the first time we saw all three members, including B. Priestley. She was at ringside as they took on Toa Hinore, Kazuchika Okada, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, there's a lot of bad blood when it comes, when it comes between these teams. Um, Okada, he's wanting to get his hands on Osprey. Jeff Cobb, we already know he's coming after Shingo to, uh, get that never open weight title. Um, and the Great Okan has basically targeted Hiroshi Tanahashi. The Empire ended up winning, and afterwards they laid out Toa Hinore, they laid out Okada. Okada tried to make the save when they were attacking Tanahashi. And when they laid out Okada, uh, the great Okan was handed a chair by Will Ospreay. And he targeted his left knee, being Hiroshi Tanahashi. He took out his left knee. And just vicious chair shots to the knee. I mean, it was just brutal. And again, the whole knee situation with Tanahashi and it was just a sad sad thing to see the empire basically stood tall so they're they're definitely making a statement if you will next we had evil and Yujiro Takahashi taking on LIJ's own Sonata and Shingo Takagi uh, during the match Dick Togo the spoiler took that gear that steel wire and he choked out Sonata you know, the, the Young Lions and doctors came out to check on Sonata. Shingo was all by himself, basically a three-on-one. Sonata got up at one point, and he just snapped. I don't know what got into Sonata, but he snapped. I mean, he lost it. He attacked uh, Dick Togo. He attacked, um, he attacked Yujiro. He attacked Evil. He was going after evil. I mean, no matter what, everybody tried to get him off of evil. Sonata wasn't having it. He has not for, he has not forgotten what evil did 
by turning on LIJ, by joining Bullet Club. So he wants evil in the worst way. It, it basically goes back to my MLW review when I talked about Alex Hammerstone and how he wants the world title, how he wants to destroy Contra Unit. Evil wants to destroy Sonata, basically. I mean, it was it was crazy. Sonata was just throwing punches and they were just slapping each other. And afterwards, after they went to the back, Shingo was in the ring. Jeff Cobb ran up on him. So he grabbed the never open weight title. Shingo's like, okay, okay, give me my title back. You know, that's mine, right? So he gave it to him. Shingo tried to pull it back. Jeff Cobb laid him out with Tour of the Islands. And he said, this is mine. He held the belt up and said, this is mine. Now, mind you, Jeff Cobb is a former never open weight champion. And he's looking to get that belt back again. So this is like within the last few shows, he's laid out the dragon. So Jeff Cobb is not playing. He's looking to bring the first piece of gold to the empire. Next, we had Cody Bushi and Master Wato taking on Bushi and Tetsuya Naito. Cody Bushi and Master Wato picked up the victory. Again, the back and forth, the back and forth verbiage between uh, Naito and Cody Bushi. I cannot wait for their match January 4th. You know Jay White is just sitting there like, I'm going to pick my moment. You know he's loving this. Because he faces the winner of that match January 5th. So Jay White is just loving every bit of it. Then we had World Tag League Finals. Finn Juice defeated... No, I'm sorry. Finn Juice took on G.O.D. These two have been going at it for the better part of 2020. Um, this match was awesome. A lot of back and forth stuff. Uh, towards the end, uh, Finn Juice had this match won. However, uh, not only did Jado get involved. Well, Jado got ejected earlier in the match. He got ejected earlier in the match. So it was a fair It was a fair fight. It was a fair one-on-one -on -one fight. He later came out. He didn't get involved. But the one person from Bullet Club who did get involved, Kenta. And he whacked Juice Robinson with that briefcase. He broke his briefcase again. How many briefcases can Kenta break? He is so dangerous with briefcases. And because of that, the Gorillas of Destiny finally, they finally, finally, finally win World Tag League. They no longer have that asterisk on their resume. So they will go to Wrestle Kingdom. They will take on Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi, the Dangerous Techers, mm -hmm. for the Tag Team Championships. So it was a lot of controversy surrounding that, but G.O.D. got it. They got it done. Next, we had the Best of the Super Junior Final. Boy, I had to take a breath for this one. This match was just off the wall incredible. Because Hiromu told him on the sits, let's go out there and show the world what we can do. And boy, did they do did they do that or what? Um, These two just, like I said, just went at it. I could be here all night talking about what, what they did, the spots and stuff like that. Uh, El Desperado was working over the knee of Hiromu. Hiromu at one point got mad and started ripping off uh, El Desperado's mask. He started ripping off his mask and El Desperado got up. He took the rest of his mask off. And I will say, I will say he is not 
that bad of a look. He's not a bad looking guy. You know, I, you know, you, you think when people wear a mask, they look a certain way, but you know, I, I, for the record, I don't look at guys like that or nothing, but El Desperado's a handsome guy. I will say that he took off his mask and he finished the rest of the match without his mask. Wow. You talk about emotional. I literally, I was shedding tears after this match because that's how emotional it was, you know, both guys just let it out. They literally just let it all out. El Desperado ended up coming up short. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi won with the time bomb. So he won Best of the Super Juniors. He is a repeat champion. I gave this a 5 out of 5. There was no way I could not. There was no way I could rate this match below a 5. Hell, I'll give it a 10. If it was out of 10, I'd give it a 10 out of 10. I'll break the meter with this one. Because this was just, man, this was incredible. One of the best matches of the year 2020. And he got on the mic. You know, he cut his promo. However, Hiromu made a challenge. He said, yes, I'm going to face Taiji at Wrestle Kingdom for the Junior Championship. But I want to face the winner of... The Super J Cup, in which I'll talk about in just a bit. So, matchmakers at New Japan decided to say, hey, whoever wins the Super J Cup, you'll face Hiromu Takahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. And I'll talk about the Wrestle Kingdom um, card in a minute after my Super J Cup review. But that match right there, I mean, woo! You cannot tell me that that was not an incredible match. I mean, these two went tit for tat, back and forth. When El Desperado took that mask off, I said, okay, it's it's finna get real now. It's finna get intense. And that it did. It, I mean, it definitely, it, it beyond delivered. So, you know, kudos to both guys. And like Kevin Kelly said, El Desperado has nothing. He has nothing to be ashamed of. Let's talk about the Super J Cup. And who won? And who would take on Hiromu Takahashi at Wrestle Kingdom? Just some results from Super J Cup. Chris Bay. He ended up winning against uh, Clark Connors in his debut. ACH. He took on TJP. ACH won. Um, Blake Christian and Ray Horus. Blake Christian ended up suffering a broken nose. Now, at one point during the match, you saw little triplets of blood on the mat. Referee put the gloves on, you know, for safety reasons, of course. Blake Christian finished finished the match, and he ended up moving on to the uh, semifinals. So, Blake Christian, I don't know what happened. I guess it was an an accidental bump or whatever, but he was he was he was bleeding pretty bad. And Leo Rush came up short against L. Phantasmo, El Phantasmo and his disrespect. Now, last year, when they had crowds in the building, he kicked the trophy in the crowd, but kept the jacket. Um, of course, he used his uh, dirty tactics, knocked the referee down. He knocked Leo into the referee, kicked Leo in. No, he punched Leo in the balls and got the victory. So he would move on to the semifinals. We had two tag team matches, one involving 
J.R. Kratos and Danny Limelight taking on Ro Rocky Romero and Fred Rosser. This was a war because apparently I haven't been keeping up with New Japan Strong. Uh, Danny Limelight apparently turned on Rocky Romero and J.R. Kratos and Fred Rosser went at it like two bulls. I really enjoyed this match. Danny Limelight and J.R. Kratos got the victory, by the way. Uh, the semifinals had Chris Bay taking on ACH. ACH moved on to the finals in a good match against the uh, perfect finesser known as Chris Bay. And Blake Christian lost to El Fantasmo. We had another tag team match involving Hikaleo and Kenta of Bullet Club taking on the debuting Kevin Knight. Now, it was supposed to be Carl Fredericks, but apparently he got injured. And Ren Narita. I haven't seen him in a long time. Apparently, he's been on excursion. Um, apparently, Bullet Club got the victory. They came up short. The Young Lions, of course, were going to come up short anyway. Um... So we move on to the finals of the Super J Cup. ACH took on El Fantasmo. Now when ACH was coming out, El Fantasmo attacked him from behind, laid him out. Now they said that um, ACH was dealing with uh, some ribs, some rib problems, his back, so on and so forth. So it wasn't a good night for ACH. El Fantasmo took the trophy and broke it across his back. And I don't even know why they gave him the trophy in the end. Basically, El Fantasmo won. He won. Because, you know, like I said, just the disrespect that he has shown to the Super J-Cup and the Super Junior Division altogether. I mean, they even went as to say last year he spit in Jushin Liger's face. Now, that's disrespect. You know, he broke the trophy. He threw the jacket down. Uh, like I said, El Fantasmo won. ACH, he was just too banged up. You know, you would think that he would overcome the odds, but evidently not. Also, uh, El Fantasmo got on the mic. He felt disrespected. He called out Hiromu Takahashi. He called out Hiromu Takahashi. He said, I know you're watching Mr. Back to Back. I challenge you at Wrestle Kingdom. So, with that said, here is the updated card for Wrestle Kingdom. They would, matchmakers would... Um, later on make it official as they were updating this card now again they're doing the two night thing January 4th and 5th right so last I checked there were 5 matches for night 1 4 matches for night 2 9 matches in total thus far so here is the updated card for Wrestle Kingdom as it stands on January 4th we have Hiromu Takahashi taking on El Phantasmo the winner of that match will go on tonight too to take on Taiji Ishimori for the Junior Heavyweight Championship. The tag team titles are on the line as Dangerous Techers will take on the Gorillas of Destiny, Hiroshi Tanahashi. He's looking to get his hands on the Great Okan. That match is official. Kazuchika Okada, he and Will Ospreay will go at it. We all already know what happened when Will Ospreay turned on Okada. And the double title main event. Tetsuya Naito will defend both the Intercontinental and Heavyweight Championships against Kota Ibushi. On night two, we have the Junior Heavyweight Championship. As I mentioned, whoever wins in night one will take on Bone Soldier in night two. 
the never open weight championship on the line as Shingo. He will defend against Jeff Cobb. As I mentioned, Jeff Cobb is looking to get that championship back around his waist. If he can put it around his waist. Evil will take on Sonata. Sonata wants Evil in the worst way. He wants to get his hands on Evil for what he did this year. And in the main event, whoever wins between Naito and Kode Ibushi will take on Jay White on the 5th. So those are your matches thus far for Wrestle Kingdom. Let's talk some college football. Now, there's a lot of talk about the top 25 and how everything would shape out on Saturday leading into the uh, bowl games. I see when they put the top 25 out, they made a statement about the Rose Bowl. Only family and friends are invited. No big crowd like it has been, you know, being, of course, because of the pandemic and everything, which is understandable. But here are the top 25 as they stand. Well, here is the top 25 as it stands. Of course, to no one's surprise, Alabama. Number two, Clemson. In order, um, Clemson at three, followed by Ohio State, Texas A&M, Iowa State, Florida, Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Indiana, Coastal Carolina. They are the hot topic in the top 25. The USC Trojans, Northwestern, North Carolina, Iowa, BYU, Miami, Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma State, NC State, Texas, San Jose State, and Colorado. Now, depending on how Saturday goes, there's a lot of things that can shape out. There's a lot of things that can change. So, with that being said, this is championship week. The conference championship games will happen. But there have also been some games that have been canceled due to high risk of COVID. These are the games that have been canceled as of right now. Uh, Purdue was supposed to take on Indiana. That has been canceled. Uh, Vanderbilt in Georgia has been canceled as well. Followed by Georgia Tech in Miami and Michigan in Iowa. All four games have been canceled due to uh, what's going on as far as COVID is concerned. Now, tomorrow... The Pac-12 championship is on the line. It will be on Fox, so which means Friday Night Smackdown will be on FS1 because of that. So, uh, Oregon will take on number 13 USC. Now, it's supposed to be Washington, but a lot of players have contracted the virus. I'm sure coaches as well. So, Oregon will replace Washington. Um, I got USC winning. 27-17, there's no way that Oregon, well, there is a way that Oregon can win, but I don't see them winning. I got USC. Saturday, we have the Big Ten Championship, Ohio State versus Northwestern. There's a lot of talk about Ohio State. Um, I don't think this will happen, but I'm hoping Northwestern can pull it out. 38-35 is my final. I'm hoping they pull off the upset. Texas A&M will take on Tennessee. There's no way Texas A&M will. There's no way that they should lose against Tennessee. I got them winning big, 41-20 over the Vols. The Dr. Pepper Big 12 Championship is on the line as Oklahoma, number 10, takes on number 6, Iowa State. I got OU winning 42-14. That is my final. Uh, the Sun Belt Conference Championship, Louisiana against Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, 
they could easily lose this game, but I don't see them losing. I see them winning barely 31-26, the ACC championship on the line. That's a big game. As you recall, Notre Dame defeated uh, Clemson in two overtimes, 47-41. I think Clemson gets revenge, 37-17 against the Irish. The Mountain West Championship on the line as Boise State takes on number 24-ranked San Jose State. I got Boise State winning. I think Boise State will win. 24-20 is the final. The SEC Championship on the line as number one Alabama takes on number seven Florida. I feel like no one's going to beat Alabama this year. Alabama, I feel like, will win it all. Uh, 41-17 is my final. I feel like Alabama will handle this easily. Followed by the American Athletic Conference Championship as Tulsa takes on Cincinnati. I got Tulsa winning that one in overtime. 33-26 is my final in that one. So with that being said, you know, I don't think that what I said will happen. You know, I don't really see any changes, but those are my personal predictions here. However, with that being said... I think my final four rankings, my final rankings that come out after uh, Saturday will look like this, if it does happen. Alabama, Clemson, Texas A&M, Iowa State. That, is my fi- that will be the final four heading into the bowl games, heading into the national championship. Of course, nobody's beating Alabama. Like I said, I mean, the only people, like me and my uncle said, the only people that can beat Alabama are the Kansas City Chiefs at this point. Or the Los Angeles Lakers. No, I don't even think Clemson will beat them. But those are my predictions as far as uh, the championship games are concerned. And I basically talked about everything I need to talk about. Now, with that being said, on Saturday, I will give my predictions for WWE TLC. And I will have a lot to talk about as far as Monday Night Raw and their garbage ratings. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, You can follow this podcast. Subscribe to this podcast on CastBots. Hit that nice shiny orange button. Um, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at It's Rodimus. I have a Facebook page for this podcast. Hit that like button. Follow it um, at The Prime Talk on Facebook. Continue to share, scri- share, subscribe, tell the whole world. Listen to the podcast about Prime Talk with Rodimus Prime here on CastBots. Three Count Mafia at Three Count Mafia, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. So on and so forth and everything else we have going on. So with all that being said, I'm Rodimus Prime. You all have a blessed night, a great night. Have a great weekend. Um, Stay safe. Definitely stay safe. And that's pretty much all I have for you. With all that being said, I'll see you guys next time.